right? That's even better than being so cool, right? right? People say, you're so cool. Say, no, no, I'm so blessed. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's open up the Word of God today. He's a good God, got good things for us. How many believe He could show us something good today? Amen? How many believe He knew who would be here, who would be everywhere else they are? And we're right at the right, right place at the right time. And He's got a Word, and we're believing Him for it. Uh, hook your faith with me. Father God, we pray over Your Word today, Lord. We ask for utterance, revelation. We ask for Your anointing, that it be Your Word, the very words of God, that it not be the words of man, ideas, or opinions, Lord, but it be Your very Word, spoken in love, doing the unfailing things in our lives, Lord. And we pray that we receive it in our hearts and that we use it to bless others as we leave this place today. And we proclaim that this word today going into our hearts will change us and will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. Well, open your Bibles to uh, Proverbs 23, verse 26, and we'll look at some different things today. I was uh, talking earlier to some of the people here at the church uh, this past week, and we were talking about heart. And I was telling them a story when I was a senior in high school, you know, played football, and uh, I was okay. You know, I wasn't going to any national colleges or anything, but I was okay. And I was an okay player. But I was also an okay student and an okay person. I was average at everything I did because average was very easy, Right? Average was very easy. You could take your books, put them in your locker, never open it again the rest of the year, make C's, and okay. Right? Kids, don't listen to that. It's really stupid. Okay? It's average. And God is not a God of average at all. And so I played football in my senior year. Um, I was a defensive tackle and I was starting and and I mean, I, I am one of those persons that would do just enough to play. I don't like sitting on the bench. So I wanted to play. So I would do just enough to play. I'd do whatever it took to play. Well, about the second game of the season, my coach figured out that I did just enough to play. And so he took me out of the game. He took me out of the game. Made me mad. Made me mad. Not at the coach. I was mad that I wasn't playing. And it changed the way I played the game from that day forth. Because what, what happened to me was I gave, a, I gave heart to my ability. I walked up back out on that field and I was a different player from that point forward. I didn't go to a national college, but I did get a scholarship to go to college to play football later. Amen? But it was because this coach required my heart. God requires our heart. He requires our heart in everything we do, just like we were talking about with our giving. He requires your heart. And He doesn't want half your heart. What's, what is the first and greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. What's, what's He want? All of it. He doesn't want half of it. He doesn't want divided heart. He wants all of it. And He wants us to do things with a heart, from our heart. Serving Him from our heart. You can't do that just by choosing to do it. You have to do it out of love. You know, you got people a lot of times say, yeah, I'll give you all I got. You, you know what? You don't know all you got. God will bring out more than you got. He'll make you greater than you ever thought you could be. Because He knows your heart. He's putting stuff in your heart. Amen? And so God requires our heart. He wants our heart. He's not going to force you to give you, give you his, your heart. Give Him your heart. There you go. Right? Anybody, anybody here? God came down and said, Give it to me. I want your heart. I want it now. Huh? Anybody in here? No, God doesn't do that. Why? Because that's not how you get somebody's heart. You want somebody to choose 
to serve. You want somebody to choose to love. You want somebody to choose you. You know, people say, well, if God, you know, God just come down and make you do whatever he wants you to do, you know what? That person will never give him their heart. And I'm not saying they're not saved. They will never give him their heart. They'll never commit their life to him. They'll always do things on their own. Why? Well, God's going to do what God's going to do anyway. If he, had, if he wanted me to serve in that Sunday school class, he'd have put me in there. <laughs> right? If he wanted me to serve on the clean team, he'd have put me on the clean team. No, he wants your heart to decide to love him and to do those things because you love him. Not because you're, you're looking for a benefit, not because, it, because he'll bless you, because you love him. He's, the first commandment is love the Lord your God. And it doesn't say because he'll bless you after that. He will bless you. Why? Because you love him. It's an automatic thing. But if you're doing it to get something, then you're no longer doing it with your heart. You're doing it. You got a means. You've got a means. He, he wants you to love him. He wants you to serve him because you love him. He doesn't want a yes answer because it's the right thing to do. He wants you to know His heart and do things because it's His heart. Amen? Wasn't that why He was so pleased with Moses? Moses knew His heart. Right? People who only know His deeds will get mad at Him. If, God, if you only know God because of what He could do, you will be mad at Him one day. Why? Because something will happen and you'll say, God, you could have changed that and you didn't. Right. Quiet in here today. You'll get mad at God if you only know His deeds. If you know His heart, like Moses did, you won't get mad at Him. You'll never turn away from Him. And if you do make a mistake, you'll come running to Him. Why? Because you know His heart. He's easy to come back to. He's easy to come back to. You know, I was, I was talking to... Kim, yesterday when we were talking about my mom, she, you know what? In all my days, I never remember her being disappointed in me. And I was disappointing. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I was very disappointing. But in all the days of my childhood, I never remember her being disappointed in me. I remember grieving her by making bad choices. But I never remember her literally being disappointed in me to the point where she wouldn't be around me or wouldn't believe in me. Amen? I like that heart. God is that kind of a God. He's a good Father. Amen? And He believes in us. He believes in us, but He wants to put into us so that He can, that, so that he can use us in every way. Look at Proverbs 23, 26. It says, My son, give me your heart. Now, that's pretty plain, isn't it? People say, well, that's Solomon talking. No, (laughs) this is the word of what? God. You know, I had somebody a long time ago, I was listening to some program on the radio, and they said Proverbs was written by somebody else, and so it was too, you know, it's not necessarily the word of God, it's it's a book of good wisdom, (laughs) right? And they said the reason we know this is because we know lots of people who have trained up a child in the way they should go, and that child didn't go that way. Hmm. Did you know that the Word of God is not working for lots of people? Everybody who doesn't believe it, it's not working for. Yeah. Revelation for us today, right there. Let me come over here and tell you guys. Everybody that doesn't believe the Word of God, it's not working for them. Does that mean it's not true? No. Does that mean that salvation's not available for every man, even if they never choose to receive it no salvation is available god's word works amen (laughs) these words here are the words of god they're in the bible and god chose to put them in there by inspiration of the holy spirit and he says my son give me your heart now if god says give me your heart that 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 alone ought to say whoo And he's not asking for the organ either. No, he's asking for your desires, your being, who you are, 
what you want, what you treasure. He wants your inmost. He, want, he wants everything that you are. Amen. Why? Because He created it. He created it. All the graces that are in you, He put them in there. And He says, give, give your heart to me. Give me who you are. Why? Because He'll make it great. Amen. He'll make it great. He says, give me your heart. And then He goes a step further and He says, and let your eyes observe my ways. What's He saying? He's not saying, let your eyes observe my deeds. He said, don't look at what I can do. Look at who I am. Amen? That's how you give somebody your heart. He says, look at who I am, and you'll know your heart's in the right spot. Give me your heart, because you can't see his ways till you give him your heart. But what did Moses' wife say about him? He, he's gone away. He's, he's, he's not mine. He's, he's God's. Why? Because he'd given his heart to God. She knew that everything in him was God's. And that's what he's saying. He says, give me, your, give me your heart so you can see who I am. If we'll give him our heart, you know, and the devil tries to lie to us, say, ooh, don't go there. You know, it's kind of just, just like teenagers when their parents tell them to do something. First thing they think, they just don't want me to have fun. They just don't want me to experience that. When God tells us to do something, he's got a good plan in mind. You're getting ready to have more, be more, and do more than you ever imagined possible in your life if you'll give your heart to God. Amen? Amen. He's a good God with a good plan. And once we give our heart to Him, then we can begin to see His ways. It's, it's, there's no longer this gap between us. You know, people are trying to see His ways and keep their heart. They say, well, if I could just see what His plan is, I'd give Him my heart. Never going to happen. Right? That takes no faith. That's what Thomas said. I'll not believe unless I see. Right? Isn't that what Thomas said? I'm not believing. i got to see. Anybody been like that? Right? We've all even said it. If I see it, I'll believe it. And like Brother Moore said, you can't believe it after you see it. Nothing to believe. Believing happens before. Right? You unbelieved it. Right? <laughs> you unbelieved it. That's unbelief. Right? And Jesus said, Blessed is he who didn't see and yet believed. Why? Because he gave me his heart. Why? Because he loved me. He trusted me. He believed in who I said I was in my word. Right? Is that how faith comes? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God? So faith comes by hearing about the love of God. Faith, faith in who you are, faith in who He is, comes through this Word. Amen? Does that make sense to you guys? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing about the Word of love. The word of grace, the word of the blood of Jesus, the word of the healing power of God, the word of all His goodness. Faith comes by hearing this. Why? Because it's alive and active. It's not dead letter. You put it in your heart, it will start growing. But guess what? We put it in. How do you give God your heart? Begin to put Him in it. What? What's it say in the Lord? It says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. What's God saying? He's saying, give me what you treasure. Make me your treasure. What's He say? Where does He say to put His Word? In your heart. Why? Treasure it. Treasure my Word. Make me your first place. Make me your treasure. Amen? He's worthy to be treasured. He's very worthy to be treasured. And he is, if, as we listen to his word and hear his word, faith arises. We begin to believe, not unbelieve. Why? Because we see his ways. Faith by comes by hearing about who he is. It's not just about, you, you don't just read it out loud and it go in your ears and think, okay, I'm going to get faith now. Faith comes by hearing it. Amen. Not listening to the sound, hearing it. <laughs> 
Right? We've talked about this before. There's, there's a difference. When you truly hear something, you know what the, somebody, somebody drops something out there, you say, oh, I know what that was. Right. Like, if you're a parent in here and your kid screamed from the lobby, you'd know it was your kid. <laughs> Why? Because you're tuned in to hear that noise. Right? right? God is that he says tune yourself in to hear my word because it'll change your life but hear it don't just put it in your ears hear what it's saying amen, right. amen? Mm-hmm. and faith will come you're you'll begin to believe think about the children the 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 Israelites that were in the wilderness they chose not to believe they had word after word and all they saw was deed after deed you can't have faith in deeds you have faith in word. Right? People don't have faith in miracles. Their faith gets built up when they see miracles. But you have to have faith to get built up. Right? Miracles don't bring faith. Don't, don't, don't bring faith. Miracles encourage faith. The reason we read testimonies is to encourage our faith. The reason we, we bring a scripture before we give is to encourage our faith. Right? There, there's a difference. And they were in the wilderness. Look, just look at it in uh, Psalm 95. God wants our hearts. So what's the devil going to try and do? Keep our hearts away from God. What, what's the best thing he can do to keep you from being effective on this earth? Keep your heart away from God. Make you average. Your, your walk with God is mediocre at best without your heart given to Him. People say, well, you mean they're not saved? You know, because people say, well, I gave my heart to Christ today. Did you? <laughs> Did you? Because you know what? I got saved when I was about seven years old. I gave my heart to Christ when I was about 27. People say, you're messing with my theology. I'm messing with my theology. I don't have a theology. I barely know what theology means, and I don't know that I could spell it. But all I know is I did not serve God till I was 27 years old. Now, I had spurts of serving when I felt bad. <laughs> right? Right? You guys ever do that when you're a kid? Oh, man, I, I know I'm saved. i got to act better than this. You go out and act good for two days, and you're like, man, I can't do this. Why? Because you didn't give him your heart. You can't do it. We cannot live a Christian life without giving our heart to Christ. It's not possible. It has to be your treasure. What you treasure is what you're doing all the time. If it is serving God, that is what you treasure. I remember when we started teaching Bible studies, I was so excited every night to get home from work to leave, to go teach. Why? Because I had given my heart to Christ. Everything was different now. My desire was not work. My desire was not that. My desire was to serve the Lord with all my heart wherever He would let me. Wherever He would let me. Man, they said, you want to work with, with inner city kids? Because... That's what we think we'd like you to do. And I said, no way. But my heart was given to Christ and it said, yes way. Yes way. You want to teach a, a young, you want to teach kids Sunday school class? No way. But my heart was now given to Christ. My treasure was in Him. And, and, my, and my heart said, yes way. And that's how we are here at this church. They say, well, you know what, we don't have this, but we have a clean team, we have a parking team, we have an usher team. You want to do this? And your mind says, no. But your heart says, yes. I want to serve the Lord wherever I can serve Him. You think your head and your heart are ever going to get together? They are, because your heart is going to overtake and come into authority over your head, and your head will quit arguing with your heart. Amen? Where did I say go? Psalm 95, verse 10. It says, For 40 years I was angry with this generation. You know, people look at that and say, Oh, God was mad. Why was he mad? He tells you why he was mad. Because they erred in their heart. What's he saying? I didn't have their heart. I want their heart. 
Why? Because I had such great things for them. Parents, does it make you mad when, you're, when your kids do things and that, that it take away your ability to bless them? Yes, sir. Are you mad at your kid or are you mad that you don't have the ability to bless them? Check your own heart. I don't know. I like blessing Ramsey. And when she took away that ability, it was hard for me not to do it. I mean, I had to hold myself back from not blessing her. Do you think if I have to be that way, how much more is God that way? And that's got to be irritating for somebody that blesses and blesses. That's all he does. And that's got to be a bummer for him. You know, people think God get, God is not angry at people. He's angry at what people do. Why? Because what people do and the choices we make decide, limit or unlimit Him in your life. Why, why does faith please Him? Because it takes off the limitations. I'm not trying to not please God. I'm trying to please Him. Obedience is trying to keep somebody from being mad, right? Willing obedience is trying to please somebody. We need to quit trying not, uh, I don't know how to, let me, let me find my English here. We need to quit trying to not please God or to not be unpleasing to God and start working on pleasing Him, yes. right? Yes. If somebody said, you know what, I did this so you wouldn't be displeased, that doesn't mean I'm pleased. That just means I'm not I'm I'm not displeased. <laughs> God said faith pleases me. There, there's nothing between faith and unbelief. <laughs> so we're either pleasing him or we're not pleasing him. You not doing something so he won't be mad is not pleasing to God. You doing something so he can access your life, that's pleasing to God. Amen? That's, that's what He's a blesser. He's looking for access. He's looking for limitations to be taken off. They limited Him. They erred in their heart and they didn't know His ways. Why? Because they erred in their heart. You can't err in your heart and know His ways. You have to give Him your heart to know His ways. Right? And later on, let's look at the Hebrews, 12, Hebrews 3. He's talking about these very people. He's talking about them. They aired, he talks about the same thing. Their hearts went astray. Right? And in verse 12, verse, uh, Hebrews 3.12, it's, he talks to us now. And he says, take heed. What's he saying? Don't do this. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. What does an evil heart and unbelief do? Departs from God. What's he saying? I don't want you away from me. A heart, an evil heart of unbelief takes you away from me. It's not just about what you got or what you didn't get. It's where he wants you. You're his kids. He treasures every person in here. We talked about this last time. He knows how many hairs are on your head or not on your head. Like if one or two are missing, or thousands, he knows. He knows how many I had. He knows how many I have. He knows how many I'm going to have. Believe in him for more. He, you and I are the apple of his eye. He treasures us. We are first place in his life if you will. <laughs> he is life, but we're first place to Him. When He wake, He don't wake up in the morning because He don't sleep. When you wake up in the morning, He's still thinking about you. Right? We're on His mind. He wants us blessed. He wants our heart. He wants access into our lives. Glory to God. Where did I say go? Hebrews 3? Oh, that's where we're at, isn't it? He says, take heed unless you have an evil heart of unbelief. There's two, two kind of hearts. There's believing hearts and there's unbelieving hearts. You know, people say, well, I just believe something else. No, you don't believe this. You unbelieved. 
God made your heart. I don't care if you believe in Him or not, your heart was created by God. And there's two kinds. There's a believing heart and there's an unbelieving heart. If you don't believe in God, you are unbelieving. That's all there is. There's, there's nothing in between that says, well, I believe something else. Then you don't believe. And if you ever notice, most people that say, I believe something else, they say, well, we don't believe that. No, we don't believe that. They don't believe a whole bunch of things. Why? Because they're unbelievers. Right? When me and you didn't believe, we were unbelievers. And people can even claim God and be in unbelief. These people claimed God, but they had an unbelieving heart. They chose not to believe what he said. God wasn't mad at them for any other reason than unbelief. Why was he mad at them for unbelief? Because it takes you away from me. That's what God would say. Don't want any unbelief takes you away from me. I love you. I don't want you away from me. I have good things for you. I don't want you away from me. Same thing a parent would say to, this, to their children today. Don't go away from me. I got good stuff. Don't, don't do things that separate us or put division between us. And that's what God's saying. Unbelief is a divided heart. Why? It believes nothing. Right? It doesn't matter what comes at it. It, 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 it will entertain it. Unbelief entertains anything. When you believe God's Word, you entertain nothing else. Amen. Right. Amen? In other words, Moses didn't entertain another idea about how things were going to happen. Right? Why? He believed the Word of God. Joshua and Caleb, did they entertain another idea? They had a whole bunch of ideas. They had ten other guys there telling them another idea. They didn't entertain it. Why? They had a word from the Lord that said, we take it, it's ours. That's how faith works. You have a word from the Lord, you put it in your heart, and it produces strength in you to do the things that you couldn't do. Why? Because they had, what did it say about Caleb? He had a different heart. Huh? Caleb? Different heart. What? One that was devoted to God. That's what was different from those other people. I want a different heart, one that's devoted to God every day of my life. I don't want to be mediocre, a mediocre Christian only serving in a capacity that fits to my convenience. <laughs> well, I got this going. Yeah, I'd really like to do more for God, but you know, work nine to five and then I need to rest. No, you don't. You got from five to whenever. Amen. <laughs> well, that's popular, wasn't it? <laughs> you do. You do. And guess what? People still need to be saved from five to nine to nine o'clock the next morning. Guess what? There's still service unto the Lord all those times. I remember when we weren't having Bible studies, I was laying in the middle of my floor with Bibles open, studying for the next time I might get to have a Bible study. I want to remain that excited about God. Why? Because He became my treasure. I gave Him my heart, and He became my treasure. And then you can watch yourself slowly, slowly let other things back in. I did it. You guys have done it. Don't look at me like I'm the only one. Okay, you guys haven't done it. Look at me like I'm the only one. Right? You're serving God with fervor, with zeal. And slowly but surely, little, little ants start coming to your picnic. And, and instead of stomping them, you feed them part of your chicken. Don't feed your chicken to the ants. Right? Little, th- little other ideas, other opinions. Well, you know what? You've got kids. You're mi- I remember being... <laughs> People used to come to me and say, you're teaching what, three, four Bible studies a week? You're going to miss your kid's whole childhood. That's another opinion. I don't care who says what. That's another opinion. That's not God's opinion. He's the one that told me to do it. (laughs) Okay. It's just true. Serving God has to be first. 
if you're serving Him with your heart. You know what? The time I did have with my family was a much higher quality time than sitting in your chair watching TV. Looking across the room every now and then saying, there's nothing on tonight. But yeah, you can flip the channel till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock with nothing on. I'm talking about me, not you guys, of course. Remember, we're talking about me. <laughs> this isn't at all how I had this going in my head. So, <laughs> An evil heart of unbelief. We're going away from that, right? That keeps us away from God. That sends us astray. I don't want to be astray. You want to be astray? No, I want a home. You know what? My cat, my, my cat walks in the house, eats what he wants. In fact, is my wife feeds him food like from these little containers. Man, they're nice food. Some of it looks like I might eat it. You know? Why? Because he ain't astray. He, he's getting the best of our world. And that's what God's saying. Don't be astray. Get the best of my world. I got good stuff for you. If you've been hurt, it wasn't me. Right? God doesn't hurt people. If you got hurt by the church, it wasn't God. It was one of His people who just made a mistake. Forgive them and come back. Amen? He's a good God. We don't want an evil heart of unbelief. We want a good heart of belief. If, if, if an evil heart has unbelief in it, then a good heart has faith in it. Amen? That's what we're looking for. Look at Psalm 27. Verse 13. It's a common verse. Everybody knows this verse. I won't say it's a common verse. There's no such thing as a common verse. This is the Word of God. This has power in it. He said, the psalmist said, I had fainted. In other words, I would have fainted. You know what people that have an evil heart of unbelief are known for? Fainty. Quitting. Right? Unbelief does not have heart. It doesn't take... When you are not believing, your heart's doing nothing. Why? It doesn't have anything to believe. It's doing nothing. So what's its next thing? Quit. People that have nothing to hold on to don't hold on. They fall. God is the anchor for our soul. We always have something to grab onto, something to hold on to. I don't care how bad you've messed up. I don't care where you've been. You can come home. You can grab on. And He's there. And He ain't quitting on you. He's never going to quit on you. And He'll strengthen your heart. And the psalmist here said, I would have fainted. Why didn't they faint? Because they believed. People who believe don't faint. Believing keeps you from fainting. When we have the Word of God in our hearts, then, and He has our heart, we believe in His goodness. What did He believe in? His goodness. That's why the devil has tried to paint an ugly picture of God. Because if you believe in His goodness, you'll have it. And so he doesn't want people to see that he's good. He wants to say, well, you know, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not. You know, God is sovereign. He does what he wants. Yes, he does exactly what he wants, and he chose to give us a choice. Why? Because he knew if we'd make a choice for him, the power in it. There's, there's no power in serving somebody under constraint. There is great power in serving someone out of love unfailing power in serving someone out of love. If you're serving because you get paid, you're not serving God. You're serving money. Well, what did he say? Right after the verse we've been talking about, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And, and not two verses later, he said, nobody can serve two masters. You will love the one and despise the other. Why? Because one will have your heart and the other will want it. And you will be divided. One day, this is good for me. Tomorrow, this may good be good for me. What? They pay me. i got to have that job. Well, who are you serving? Yes, you do need to have a job because God said if you don't work, you don't eat. So there's a good reason to have a job right there. But God puts us in jobs 
for His purposes. You're where you are to be a blessing where you are. Not just to earn a paycheck. We are never anywhere just because. See, that's what people have taught about tradition. Is What's so bad about tradition is not just that it's wrong, but it takes no heart. Right? <laughs> right? You don't have to believe anything to have tradition in your life. It takes it, it, Tradition is unbelief. Right? It will keep you mediocre. It will keep you where the devil wants you, where you can be no good in the earth. Where, where did I have you? Oh, Psalm 27. I would have fainted. He said, I would have fainted. But I'm a believer. And see, next time you're about to faint, you can be walking like this. Oh, I'm going down. Wait a second. I'm a believer. Wait a second. God's good. You'll start remembering His Word. He said, I'll never fail you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm your strength. I am your shield. I'm your portion. I'm your deliverer. And, and then all of a sudden, what couldn't take one more step can now run another mile. Why? Because the next verse says it. Amen. Wait. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Why? He's never failed. People who, have his, who, who God has their heart won't quit. They'll wait. When God doesn't have your heart, there's too many other opinions, there's too many other ideas, there's too many other directions, there's too many other ways to go. When God has your heart, then you'll always wait, you'll be of good courage, and He'll give you the strength when you don't think you have anymore. You'll never be a quitter again. When I was in ninth grade, I liked basketball, I, I really did, but you can see basketball and me didn't get along. From the time I was in 8th grade to the time I was in ninth grade, I kind of got like this. And I tried to play basketball. And they had a starting guard that I was kind of jealous of. And so I mashed him one day in practice. You know, he's going up for lap. You keep him from doing lap, right? Well, I mashed him. <laughs> Purposely. And I got put on like the C squad. You, know, you got an A squad and a B squad. I was on the C squad. I went to the coach because I'm not a bench setter. I'm sorry. You know, whatever I do, I got to play. You know, that's that's the kind of people that God chooses. That's the kind of people you are. You're you're not going to just sit. You've got to be involved in God's work. Amen. And so I went to the coach. Said C squad. He's a good coach. A good man. I said I'm not I'm not going to play anymore. I'm going to quit. And he said, uh, he said, well, you know, if that's your decision to do it, he said, but I'm not really concerned about what, what your position on the team is. He said, these kind of decisions affect your life. You, you, you start quitting now, you can just quit anything. We're not quitters. I don't care what you're going through today. Today's not quit day. Today's wait on the Lord and strengthen your heart day. Today is today. If he's got you on the C team, it's because you need to practice more till you get to the A team. But plan to get back to the A team. Amen? He's a good God, and, and we don't faint because we know he is. That's why the devil's trying to make him out not to be. Because you won't believe in him if he's not good. You've got nothing to believe in. You can have bad without God. <laughs> so people that believe God allows or does bad things, you don't need Him for that. Right? I didn't need anything. I didn't need any help from God to mess up my life. <laughs> Did you guys? I mean, you guys never messed yours up. But would you guys have? No, you can do that all on your own. You don't have... God, please help me to fail today. You don't need His help. You can fail all by yourself. And He can't help you to fail because He can't fail. If God gets involved, your failure will become a success. If He touches it one bit, you're about to win. Amen? 
Man, I've gotten through like a half a page of notes and we're done almost. <laughs> Romans 10. 10, 10. Very well-known verse. This is how we get saved right here. How do you get saved? You believe. Why does he want your heart? Where do you believe from? It's only one place you can believe from. Your head has no belief capacity. <laughs> it doesn't. Your head has never decided to believe anything. It can't. Where you believe at is in your heart. People who don't think they believe anything, they believe nothing. They, they believe that they believe nothing. Why? Because their heart believes nothing. Does that make sense? <laughs> Think about this, a person that says there's no God. What, what, what's it say? First of all, you gotta, you've got to justify that, that statement. Lots of people say there's no God. Very few people say in their heart that there is no God. In the Psalms it says, a fool has said in his heart there is no God. If you've got family members out there and they're saying, we don't believe there's a God, don't, 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 don't quit on them. Don't call them a fool. Say, well, I know you know better. Right? Yeah. I know you know better. A fool has said in his heart. Why? Because he's taken his heart away from God. That's why he's now a fool. Right? A fool has said in his heart there is no God. So somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I don't believe in all that God stuff. (laughs) That's exactly right. They don't believe. Therefore, they're getting exactly what they don't believe. Right? But belief is a, is, a, is a matter of heart, and it is a choice. You choose to believe. You know, Brother Moore's talked about that. People say, I just can't believe that. No, you chose not to believe that. People not choosing God, they're choosing not to believe in God. They're choosing unbelief. We choose belief or we choose unbelief. Every person in this world in their lifetime, will have the opportunity to make this choice right here. People say, well, that blows my mind. How can he get there first? He's God. How did he split the Red Sea? How did he say light be? And there it was. How did he create the planet? He's God. Every person born because he's a just God will have this chance. And more than once in their lifetime. But it says, for with the heart man believes. If you stopped right there, That's God telling you it's your heart that believes. That's why I want your heart. Because if I have your heart, I can show you and put in you what to believe. When the doctor says it ain't possible, I got something else in your heart because I got your heart. And I can say, no, it's possible. All things are possible to him who believes. When When they say those bills are impossible, you can't do this. God says, no, I can take care of you. I wish above all things that you'd prosper. That's right. Amen. Why? He puts something else in you because He's got your heart to do it with. When we give Him our heart, He now has access to our life. Without your heart, He only has access to whatever you open up to Him. But when you open up your heart to Him and you say, everything that I am is yours. He now has access to move you, to do with you what He wants to do, to to give you everything He ever wanted to give you, to make you everything He ever wanted you to be. Glory to God. That's who I want to be. And He says, with the the heart you believe to righteousness. So what, 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 what happens? How do you get unrighteousness? With the heart you unbelieve to unrighteousness. You don't have to do anything to be unrighteous. All you have to do is unbelieve. You were an unbeliever before you were a believer. Right? You weren't a believer in training. Right? You were an unbeliever. You know, people in the world have got this wrong. Why? Because they don't believe the Bible. They believe there's other beliefs. There are no other beliefs. There's God and there's not God. That's it. You say, well, I believe in another God. Then you don't believe. 
Kids, when you're in school this year, somebody's going to say, we don't believe in your God. Then you don't need to say anything. They don't believe. But it doesn't sway you. You do what it says in Proverbs. You keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it flows the issues of life. The true things that are real are in your heart through God. Amen? We believe under righteousness. That doesn't just, that's not a one day thing. Every day you believe unto righteousness. Every day. That's what faith is. It believes in who God made you to be no matter how you feel, no matter what you look like. Right? You may wake up one day and you don't look like the righteousness of God in Christ. That's time to believe. Right? That's time to believe. Right? You, you may get mad while you're driving and don't act like the righteousness of God in Christ. That's time to believe. What are you doing? You're believing unto right. Not believing that you're righteous in what you're doing. Believing that you can quit doing that. You're righteous so you don't have to. Amen. But we believe. With the heart, we believe. How am I going to close this? Mark 11. Mark 11:22 says have faith in God, right? Have faith in God. What's he saying? Have faith in God. Where do you have faith in God at? There's only one place you can believe. In your heart, right? So so this is a matter of heart right here. What well, what's Jesus saying? He's saying, "I want to show you how you can accomplish everything that God's put in you. And what's he saying? He's saying, believe in him. Have faith in God. Verse 23. Then he says, if you have faith in God, for, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever has faith in God, right? We've went over this before. Whosoever has faith in God can say unto mountains. Why? Because they have faith in God. Right? What's he talking? He's still talking about believing Right? Believing. He said, he who believes can say unto a mountain, what? Believes what? Believes in God. Believes in His love. Believes in the blood of Jesus. Believes in what He's made Him to be. Believes in the authority of the believer. Right? Have faith in who I am and who I made you to be. Have faith in love, who I am and who I made you to be. Amen? And he said, you can say, if, you, if you have faith in God, you can say unto a mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea. And then he goes back to not having two minds. He said, and don't unbelieve in your heart. Doubt is unbelief, right? What's he telling you? Don't unbelieve, but believe in your heart that the things you say can... Why would you believe? You're not believing in the words. You're believing in the backer of the words. Right? You, it's not the words. You can, if words were rocks, you could bounce them off that mountain all day long. And that mountain wouldn't move. But if words are backed by, the, by, by God who gave us the power to become sons of God, what? By claiming Him as Lord and giving Him your heart. Then you can say under the mountain. Why? Because of who He's made you to be. Our belief is now in our heart. He says, don't unbelieve in your heart, but believe in your heart that those things that you say will come to pass and you shall have whatsoever you say. Don't have faith in your words. It's not your words that have the power. It's your words that hold the power. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if in the abundance of your heart is the Word of God and it begins to come forth out of you, as though it was the Word of God because you're a son or daughter of God, then mountains have to move. When you confess righteousness, the mountain of sin in your life moves. And it is cast into the sea to never be seen again. You want to see the power of faith of God? When you claim the stripes on Jesus' back, sickness, mountain, go! It has to go. That is faith in God. That is faith in His Word. It's not faith in what you said. It's faith in what He said through you.
Because you are a son or a daughter of God, this faith now comes through you. And when you claim, when you claim Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, you now become the mountain of old man goes away and the new man comes up. Glory to God. That's faith in God. Mountains have to move. They have to move. When you confess Jesus as Lord and you believe in your heart that that God raised Him from the dead, guess what just moved? Sin is gone. It no longer has dominion over you. You think that wasn't a big mountain? It took Jesus to move it. And it took all the blood of Jesus to save you and me. But we're saved by our confession and our faith in that confession. In the one we're confessing to. Amen? It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You have faith in God. You believe in your heart, the heart that you've given Him. And, and the circumstances have to change. It's not a question of will they change. See, that's the problem. We've looked at it and said, well, I said it, I wonder if it'll change. No, it's not a question. When you confess Jesus as Lord, how many people think they didn't get saved? I don't see any hands here. Why? Because you confessed Him as Lord and you believed His Word. And because you did that, you were saved. And the mountain was moved. It works for everything that's in your life because you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You are a child of the Most High. You are a believer. You're not astray from Him. You're not erring in your heart. You're believing unto salvation and you're receiving everything that God has for you because your heart is His. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Man, we got through a whole page. That means I got at least two more sermons right there. Thank you, Lord. He's helping us. I don't want to be mediocre. You want to be mediocre? It took Jesus all the power of heaven, all the power of love. He took it and saved me. He gave me all His heart. God gave you. He didn't, he didn't, do, half, he didn't do a half work. He gave you everything that He had to save you and me. I'm going to give Him everything that I have back. I'm going to give Him my heart. I'm going to give Him, I'm going to say, you know what, the parts that I've tried to keep back from you, they're yours. How many people have part of your heart you tried to keep for your own? Right? Isn't that, isn't that what Ananias and Sapphira did? Had a little part they wanted to keep back for their own. Can't do that. Can't do that. It keeps him from accessing that part of your life. And if he's not accessing that part of your life, the enemy is. Woo. Don't get quiet on me. Give him the heart. <laughs> it's an easy fix. Good news. Good news. Belief in the work of Jesus Christ. Belief in the love of God makes us new. And giving him our heart keeps us that way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You got a song, Michael? I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, Lord, I do.